This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red Club. Myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison here to talk through Liverpool against Porto. No, not the first team, of course, they're playing in the Champions League. But before that game, it was the turn of the two under-19 sides, as it were, for this year in the UEFA Youth League. A 1-1 draw, Liverpool coming back from conceding the first goal in the game. Mikelamu Frauendorf scoring late in the piece to get Liverpool a point in that one. We're going to talk about how the youngsters got on in that. And Matt, first things first, we've spoken a fair bit over on the Academy show on the Blood Red channel about the importance of the UEFA Youth League and how due to the pandemic, it's not sort of taken its, its usual form, but it's back and it's a real key competition. Yeah, it really is. I think we we could see that actually yesterday in terms of the way that the game was was played out. The the people who were were involved in it, lots of them obviously involved against Milan a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, they, they've not really played a, a huge amount in it. Cade Gordon played a, a half and, and did okay. Got took off at, at half time. I'm not sure whether that was a little injury problem for him or, or anything. Um, but yeah, he was was taken off and. I think we, we saw it in terms of, of the competitiveness. We saw it in terms of certain bits of, of refereeing, which were maybe slightly different to, to what these players would be used to week by week. And I saw in, in the build-up to the game, actually, that was, was something that a couple of, of the players were, were talking about. They spoke to, to LFC TV for, for a little bit of a, a preview before that game. And Oakley Cannonier was was one of them. And, and he kind of made the point that, you know, certain things are, are different. It's about getting into that habit of... Um, obviously travelling, going away to, to a different country and, and playing in these games. And it's obviously something that, that the players, that the coaching staff are, are talking about because that's something that, that he brought up really of, of his own accord. So, yeah, plenty of, of positives to take. And I think one each is a result that, that maybe Liverpool fans might look at and think they should be doing a little bit better than that. But Porto's academy is very good. They play in, in the second tier over in Portugal. And I think it's a, it, it's a really good point away from home in Europe as well. Yeah, especially, I suppose, after going a goal behind as well. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, Liverpool probably just about edged the, the first half. I thought Porto had the, the better of the chances in the second period, but they did really well, actually, to, to come from behind. The, the goal, the opener, was was a really good one to, to sort of put them in front. It was about 25, 30 yards out into the corner. I think it might have took a, a slight deflection. Maybe Harvey Davis, the goalkeeper, could have done slightly better. Might be doing it bit of a disservice to him in that one but yeah it was a really good battling performance and as I said Kai Gordon came off at half time obviously him coming off doesn't necessarily help you but the man who, who came on well come with Randolph comes on should have scored actually and, and took a, a bit too long to, to get a shot away about five or ten minutes after coming on he was tackled and, and was in a really good position that was was wasted really but he uh, sort of made amends for that with a, a really good cool calm finish in that second half and I think it was it was probably a point that as much as, as Porto probably had the better of the chances overall, I think the way that, that Liverpool battled and, and played, they probably just about deserved to, to take that point. And that's what you've got to do sometimes. It's it's something that these young players have got to learn to, to battle and, and to keep themselves in a game. And sometimes you do have to get points when you maybe don't quite deserve them. But yeah, a couple of them looked at a little bit shaky at times. But generally speaking, it's a, another big step forward and an important point. Yeah, no, definitely. And of course, here on the Blood Red Club, exclusive content for you. And quite often, Matt, you like to try and get ahead of the curve on certain things. We know there's been a link between Liverpool and Porto in terms of coaching through the last few years. Pep Linders, of course, having schooled 
part of his education over in Portugal as well as, of course, Vita Matos. And a few maybe eagle, sort of, I suppose I was going to say eagle-eyed listeners, but they can't be eagle-eyed if, if it's listening to it, can they? But those who sort of have their wits about them listening in may well have uh, picked out the man who was in charge of the Porto youth team because he's a man that you've actually interviewed here on Blood Red in the past. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit over a year ago now, which uh, it doesn't doesn't seem like that long ago that I uh, spoke to, to Jose Tavares, who's a, a big, big figure within the, the Porto Youth Academy. And as you say, he's worked with, with both Pep Linders and, and Vito Matos, very, very complimentary about them. And, and that is obviously still up on our YouTube channel and, and podcast platforms if anyone wants to go back and, and listen to that. But yeah, he was, was in charge of, of Porto's under-19s. It, it's something we see actually quite often. I don't know whether he is normally the, the under-19s or the youth coach. I don't know quite whether his role has, has changed since last year, but quite often we see the kind of head of academy type uh, person. So Alex Inglethorpe, for example, would be the, the same sort of position within Liverpool's academy. It tends to quite often be them that, that come along and, and take part in, in these games. So, yeah, nice to, to see Jose on the, the sidelines. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Mark Bridge Wilkinson will, will benefit really from coming up against that coach who's really obviously quite good. Obviously, I've not seen any of his, his training sessions or anything like that, but I think just from from speaking to him and, and watching him on the touchline, you could really sort of get an impression for, for how good a coach he is. And obviously, if he's had a, an influence on, on Pep Linders and, and Vito Matos, it, it's obviously a, a good coach somewhere inside him because he, he certainly had a positive impact on, on both of those two. Yeah, Mark Bridge-Wilkinson, of course, featuring here on, on Blood Red as well from your visits down to, to Kirby and, of course, during the course of last season's FA Youth Cup run as well. Let's talk about a few of the, the individuals. Then you mentioned Kai Gordon. We've, of course, spoken about the goal scorer, Fraundorf. But, of course, Connor Bradley involved in, in this game. He was part of the first team, much like Kai Gordon, that, that played at Norwich in the last round of the Carabao Cup as well. He gave away a penalty on that occasion, Obviously, he's had somewhat of a meteoric rise since the end of last season, but back kind of in age group football. How did he get on in this one? It was a similar sort of performance, really, to, to Norwich, to be honest with you. And I'm almost glad in, in the sense that it kind of it, it sort of proves what, what we've been saying right on in this show in the past. I think he's he's a really promising young player. He's, he's a real talent, but he does still have those little sort of errors in him. I think we've seen that with the, the penalty, obviously, in the, the, the Norwich game that he gives away is a little bit naive, I think. Obviously, you expect that from from a player of, of that age. But there was a lot of talk this summer about him being, you know, a potential backup if, if Nico Williams moved on. Liverpool were happy to promote him. And I think, you know, the evidence of, of the last couple of games has proven that he's not quite ready for that. But he's certainly not a million miles away because, you know, the, the rest of, of the performance against Norwich was, was really quite good. And it was a similar story, I think, in the youth league. Again, it's a big learning curve for these players. You've got to, you know, play pretty much a, a perfect game in these matches. You can't be giving away silly things. And, and there was one occasion where he did try and, and sort of flick with the outside of his foot instead of just putting his foot through it and, and clearing it. Very nearly gave away a goal on that one. And, and Tyler Morton was uh, the captain on the day, very quickly came over to him and, and just said, you know, just just get rid of it and, and play it simple and, and don't try and be try and be too clever. So, yeah, still a, a couple of bits of, of naivety to, to get rid of in his game. But Look, he's, he's a really promising young player. He's still very, very young, still got a couple of years on Nico Williams. So, yeah, I think there's there's, there's a good player in there, but he's just not quite yet for ready for, for senior football just at, at this moment in time. But, look, it'll come in, in two or three years' time. Who knows? Maybe Nico Williams by that point will have moved on and, and maybe he might just be the one to, to step up and, and be that backup cover. 
Yeah, you mentioned Tyler Morton there. He was a guy who really impressed a lot of people in that Norwich City game. And even so in sort of pre-season when he got that chance, I think it was a Vacker Innsbruck game that he got the chance in. And he was absolutely buzzing, wasn't he, at the opportunity, even a pre-season friendly, to represent Liverpool. And you could see how much it meant to him. And it sounds as though even in this game, he's sort of really taking that. And it's, it's just building the confidence, which you see with a few young players, don't you? Sometimes it's a case of one will wait for an opportunity and once they get it, that's really what helps them to accelerate. And it feels as though that, that's the case with Tyler Morton. Yeah, exactly that. I think he's he, he's really sort of developing different sides of his game this season. Obviously, I mentioned there he was captain. Obviously, he's played for the first team and, and did probably a better job, to be honest, in that number six role than, than what Curtis Jones did. And that's not any sort of slight on, on Curtis Jones. Obviously, we know he plays normally further up the pitch and it's not a position that he would have played ever before, really, certainly not in a, a competitive game. So I think there was there was really promising signs in, in both the Norwich and the Porto game, to be fair to, to Tyler Morton. And he is a, a really promising young player. He's one that I've seen play, again, a lot further forward than that number six role. But I think for, for Liverpool, it, it is a position that they do look a little bit light on. I know they've obviously allowed Leighton Clarkson to, to move on. He's one that has played that number six before. Jake Kane has gone out on loan as well, just like Clarkson has gone a bit lower down. Possibly wouldn't be suited to, to play in that number six role. But we know that Jurgen Klopp does like a player who can play as a number eight and as a number six. And, and that's certainly something that they look to be getting into his game this season. I still think he's better further forward, but the fact that Jurgen Klopp trusted him to play that number six in a senior game against a Premier League opponent, obviously Norwich had made a few changes themselves as well, but you know it's it's still a big step up for him and he just didn't look out of place. If anything, he was an improvement really. Liverpool were a little bit more controlled in that second half compared to, to when Curtis Jones was there. So yeah, plenty again to be positive about him. Still development to, to be done, but I think I've, I've seen enough certainly last season and, and the start of this season to think there's a really good opportunity for them and for, for him and he seems to be taking it. Yeah, definitely. What about then the kind of other players then around the, the youth team and the setup at Kirby, of course, regularly on the Academy show, we like to kind of check in on them and who are the players at the moment who you're kind of just keeping under or, or seemingly are under the radar that you're keeping an eye on who, who you think could be set for, for decent seasons? Yeah, there's, there's sort of five players that I've picked out really in terms of ones that we maybe don't talk about a huge amount, but are still sort of, as you say, bubbling away under the surface, still got a lot of quality and, and high ceiling and and could take that next step over the first few months. And I think one of them is, is an interesting one in that obviously people are, are always kind of obsessed to an extent with transfers and, and bringing players in from other countries. And it's one that has kind of gone under the radar because of coming in pretty much at the same time as Kate Gordon. Obviously, we know he's done so brilliantly in terms of, of coming in and doing what he's done in pre-season. But Stefan Bacicic as well, which hopefully I pronounced that correctly, uh, that obviously came in from Celta Vigo in January, one of those that we've spoken about in the past about coming in sort of ahead of time, really, to sort of beat the, the Brexit regulations is one that if uh, Liverpool had waited any longer, they wouldn't have been allowed to, to bring him in. So he's one that I've kind of been keeping my eye on. He spent most of, of last season, possibly even all of, of last season with the under-16s, obviously settling into to a new country and, and that sort of thing. And by all accounts, did pretty well for, for them. But this season, he stepped up at times to the under-18s, obviously played a little bit in the, the youth league as, as well, I think certainly has been on the, the bench in that competition. And he's just looked really quite good so far. I think obviously at the age of, of 16 to, to come into the under 18s, that's 
about the the time that you see those first year scholars. I think he's one that I think will get more minutes as time goes by. Centre halves are, are really difficult to come by at youth level. It's it's a really difficult position to to kind of grow and excel because you know we've seen it with Billy Cometio and, and players like that. You don't tend to be able to develop as much as, as maybe some of the other players. You may be in a, a Liverpool under-23s team, for example, wouldn't see a huge amount of, of the ball going to the opponent. You wouldn't have to defend a huge amount necessarily at times. So it's, I suppose it's a difficult Sepp one. a bit of a, a case yeah. point with that as well, isn't he? He's gone out to Preston North End and by all accounts he's having a, a terrific season there, but he's playing as a right wing back, which I don't think many people at Liverpool certainly saw, but have to say from having seen him a fair few times. He's he's come on leaps and bounds there now in that right wing back position. But as you say, four centre halves to develop, they need to be defending, don't they? And at Liverpool it's it's maybe not always quite the uh, quite the case. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really difficult one to to kind of impress in and, and he's one that I've kind of watched it a few times and has always has done pretty well whenever I've seen him so far this season. And I mean, he did concede five goals against Leeds, or certainly his team conceded five goals. Liverpool well beaten last weekend in, in that game. But there was a moment where he did take an opportunity to do something that would stand out in that he dribbled pretty much the length of the pitch to, to set up an opportunity. I think for, for Oakley Cannonier in the end is another one we're going to come on to shortly. But it was very sort of Joel Matic-like in terms of the way that he just held the ball, held the ball and, and knew when to, to get rid of it. So he's obviously very good in possession. He's very good at, at sort of defending and, and organising. And as I say, he's only been here for what, nine months? Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive to sort of settle in as well as he has at that age, considering obviously he's moved countries as well. It's a difficult position to impress him, but I think he is a name that I think we're going to sort of hear a, a fair bit about, I think, over the course of, of this season. He's probably still got two, maybe even three seasons with the under-18s if he needs it, but I don't think he'll. Uh, don't think he'll be hanging around quite that long. No, fair enough. Be interesting to see if he if he maybe does go on a, a domestic loan even and see how he gets on because certainly off the back of Harvey Elliott's loan, it feels as though Liverpool very much trusting that again of of sending even top talents out on loan. Curtis Jones was one that was kind of held back, but maybe we will see a few of these budding young players going out on loan. And one player, I suppose, if he continues to score at the rate he is, who will definitely interest. A number of clubs probably in the EFL of, of taking him on loan eventually. Oakley Cannonier, we we obviously had an explainer about him on the YouTube channel at one stage. You were waxing lyrical about him. I remember last time we were speaking on the Academy show and his form's just so, showing no sign of, of stopping right now, is it? No, it's it's incredible. I mean, you, you only have to sort of look at the numbers to get an idea of, of how good he's been. Seven goals in six games is, is good enough, isn't it? But when you think that he's come off the bench in a couple of those games, he's not lasted the 90 minutes in most of them. It's it's a really, really impressive goal rate. It's a goal roughly every 41 minutes that he's on the pitch so far this season, which is just, I mean, you'd imagine unsustainable for, for the long term. But certainly, you know, he's in such a, a rich vein of form. And it was a, a slight surprise, actually, in terms of, of the youth game that he only came off the bench, I think, for about 10 or 12 minutes. I do wonder whether there's a bit of kind of protecting him from the hype almost, because if you play him in, in every single game, you put him into to these games where people do have the, their eyes, particularly on the, the youth league and, and stuff like that. When you start to, to play these bigger teams, I, I do wonder whether there's an element of, of protecting him a little bit from that. But it's been been really good from him so far. He spent a lot of last season injured. I know there's there's a lot of excitement around him. And it's not just the, the goals either. It's kind of the, the dropping off, the creating. The all-round game is, is very much there. So he's a huge one to, to keep an eye on. And 
in a similar sort of way, to be honest, is, is Max Waltman is, is another one that, that plays a, a similar sort of, of position. Only the two goals and, and one assist so far this season for him, but 13 goals, seven assists last season. He's very much a, a similar sort of striker. It'd be interesting to see, as the two of them, which one manages to, to get more minutes this season. Obviously, Max, Max is slightly older. He's probably going to step up to the 23s at, at some point. But I think for, for both of those two, it's it's kind of that false nine position, but also they've got the ability to score plenty of goals at the same time as doing the other stuff. So you'd think for, for both of them, certainly stylistically, it's it's very much a case of being perfect, really, for, for whenever that time is to, to step up. Yeah, it does feel a really exciting time at the moment around the academy. And I think a lot of that, and that also comes from the amount of players being brought into the academy as well. It's allowing some of those to, to kick on and train on to even higher standards, maybe like Tyler Morton, who we mentioned before. But the calibre of player coming in as well. I know you spoke recently on the, on the podcast with, with Lee Ryder about Bobby Clark having come in from Newcastle United. I'll ask you sort of how he's getting on. And, and Frauendorf kind of falls into that bracket as well of, of one of kind of, I suppose, the first of this kind of recent influx of players brought into the academy around that 18s age group? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. Again, Fraundorf was one that had to be brought in earlier. I think he came in from, from Hoffenheim about 12 months or so ago. And he's one of those that kind of looked physically a little bit off it last season, looked completely different this summer. It looks like he's gone away and, and done a lot of work. And obviously when you're growing and, and you're still at that age where you are going to physically develop naturally as well. That's obviously helpful to, to him. He's increasing his output. I think it's it's two goals and, and two assists now for, for him in five games so far this season, which is, is pretty decent from sort of wide position or, or central midfield. I've even seen him in. That wasn't something we saw from him really last season, but I've seen him play that a couple of times this year, playing as part of a, a midfield three. So, again, hugely sort of exciting. One that's that's been brought in from a broad obviously captain of, of his, I think, under-18s or under-19s for, for Germany. Um, really highly rated player. And as I say, he's one that, that's starting to look physically slightly more there this season, certainly, than, than what we saw from him last season. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Bobby Clark, as you mentioned, one that is hugely exciting. Liverpool have beaten a host of, of teams by Munich and, and Tottenham among them to sign him. Still only 16, so again, there's still a lot of, of growth and development. But you look at someone like, you know, a Harvey Elliott, obviously Kate Gordon now has, has come in at that similar sort of age. You do wonder with him, the comparison to, to Paul Gascoigne is, is a really exciting one, as you say, from, from Lee Ryder. That that kind of sort of shows you that the type of player he is, very good sort of one-on-one, -on -one, very good at, at dribbling and, and taking the ball up the pitch and, and really decisive as well in, in the final third. So, Plenty of, of time for, for him to improve. He was only on the bench uh, for the youth league, didn't didn't get on in the end. But I think it's probably going to be a season for him with the under 18, similar to what it would have been for, for Cade Gordon last season. There might be the odd time that he steps up. But yeah, really, really exciting so far. And I think uh, just as a, a final point on him, I think I mentioned it in the podcast that we did with Lee Ryder, the fact that Jurgen Klopp sat down one-on-one one -on -one with him and said, look, come to Liverpool. This is the plan. We've got Cade Gordon, we've got Harvey Elliott. This is the way that we see it going out for, for you. I think that's, you know, testament to, to how good a player and how sort of highly rated he is because, you know, Jurgen Klopp doesn't get involved in, in transfers of 16-year-olds very often. And I think that just goes to show really just how special this player is and one that I'm really excited to see more of.
Yeah, exciting and interesting times. That definitely is the case. Well, that wraps it up for us here on this edition of the Blood Red Club. Do remember to keep spreading the word bloodredpodcast.co.uk. Tell everyone you know about it, and they will, of course, receive the weekly exclusive content directly into their inbox. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for joining us here on the Blood Red Club. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.